0: In a world where fans are forever restless, the rules are ever changing, and you have to be told just how much your favorite team blows to rise above the rest. Welcome to the Couch Coaches with your hosts Lacey K and Drew Hale.
1: And welcome back to your favorite show, our favorite show, The Couch Coaches. It is time for the conference round playoffs. We're ready, we know you're ready, and we're about to tell you why. Guys, as always, I'm Lacey K with my hosts, Drew. Hey, hey, hey. Rachel. Hello. I almost forgot both your names, I'm so jacked up, I don't care about <laughs> anything else. Um I dig it. Really quick side note, since you brought it up last week, did you have you been following the masked singer?
0: No, okay. I haven't. So,
1: uh, hopefully uh, I heard on
0: the radio something about another football player.
1: Close out the next minute if you don't want spoilers. Okay. So, week two, they unveiled one person. It was Cheech from Cheech and Chong. Hilarious. Um, and then I was watching the latest episode, and he it was Deer from week one. And he, I couldn't tell why I knew him from then. But then I was listening to him again. And before he even sang, I'm like, I know who this is. And then, like, I seen the clues that they give. And I'm like, I definitely know who this is. And I was 100% right it was Terry Bradshaw, and he wow. can actually sing pretty well. Really? Like he's, he's not like a pro singer, but he can sing pretty well. It was Terry Bradshaw. Before he even started singing, I'm like, I know who that is. Like, Whatever. Uh, but yeah, really interesting. You should check it out. And then I'm going to stop talking about it, because that's been about a minute. I'm not going to try to ruin spoilers for anyone. But yeah, good show. Surprisingly good show. So before we really get into it, we're going to review the games from last week we're going to talk about some of the news and rumors and we're going to you know preview this week's episodes uh before we really get into the games drew i have to say what was your first impression first reaction first emotional feeling when i say about the games last week what is what jumps off the page to you <sighs>
0: wow <clears throat> it's probably the best reaction that i can have i mean I don't even know. The, the game that probably shocked me the most, to be honest, was, was the Pat's chargers game for sure.
1: Okay. Don't uh, go into too much because to we'll go to it. But yeah, but
0: yeah, that was the game that really
1: just like, just, I turned off at halftime and just wanted to vomit. Uh, I, I don't blame you really for that one. I think personally for me, it was the chiefs Colts game. Uh, just cause the chiefs scored about what I expected. Maybe they could have scored a little bit more, but the Colts just really underperformed and we'll get into that as well. Um, but, yeah, so let's start from the beginning. Let's do it. Chiefs-Colts. Chiefs-Colts. Chiefs won 31-13. <laughs> 31-13. Garbage. Obviously, I got that game wrong. I thought the Colts were going to upset. Um, What stood out to you in that game?
0: Uh, The disparity, I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing that I'm going to talk about for every single game that stood out to me in all of them, is the disparity of rushing yards between the winner and loser of every single game. Every single team that won this weekend rushed, for over 130 yards.
1: In total, as a team,
0: every team that won, yeah. each team that won rushed for at least 130 yards. Okay. So, I mean, it, it, the disparity between the winner and loser of each game, it was literally one every single game was won or lost on the ground. And it, that is just insane it's playoff to playoff football. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just insane to me when you think about a the Chief's, quarterbacks. Well, yeah, and you think about a Chiefs <laughs> offense that was heavily dependent on the passing game post Kareem Hunt. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, you've got Mahomes putting up crazy numbers. Obviously, you don't have to even sit there and talk about, you know, uh, the productivity that Andrew Luck needs to have to win you a football game. But think about the quarterbacks. You know, J- J- Jared Goff, uh, you know, maybe not a high flyer, but he's put up six touchdowns in a game before. You know, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, uh, you know,
1: Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like, like you
0: think about all these big-time quarterback names, but, like, I don't think there was a quarterback – that really had a a off the charts tremendous performance uh, in comparison to what I anticipated them having. But the running game really showed up in all of them, and that's my biggest thing right there with the Chiefs and Colts was uh, the running attack. Chiefs had 170 yards rushing, and it was just it was game over. The Colts had no response at all; like they could not stop the run. They couldn't even come close. It was terrible.
1: I was really surprised by the disparity between the two teams because, like you're saying about the running yards, Williams for the Chiefs had 25 carries for 129 yards and a touchdown, okay? Someone who hasn't got much playing time, who not many people know about. And yeah, he hasn't been horrible really in any games, but in a lot of games he's just been okay. Just enough to, you know, give you a sense of a running game for the Chiefs. And he was the biggest stat line in that game for the Chiefs. Uh, I thought the Colts not only were the better-rounded team in this game overall, but probably one of the top two best-rounded teams in the playoffs, and they put up 13 points. Um, seeing the Chiefs score 31, I thought it was a little high because the Colts' defense had pieces. They've been playing well. They've been playing higher than their talent level, but it totally went out the window in this game. Chiefs were the Chiefs. They put up 31 points. And then the Chiefs' defense actually stepped up, and, and that might that might be all they need. They might not need their defense to do anything because of the points they can put up on the offensive side of the ball but just not allow opposing teams to drive down the field almost every drive and get some points might be all they need um as a team the Chiefs had 11 pass deflections 11 pass deflections and I mean we forget because of how bad they've been playing overall for the majority of the season that there's actually some names on that team there's Chris Jones Anthony Hitsons justin houston d ford now obviously names don't make a fucking defense but if they can play up to that level and just make it like a decent defense not even a decent defense just some resemblance where sometimes you can get off the field and help your offense that team is going to put up points and that's usually going to be enough for them
0: yeah, no doubt. I think uh, what's funny too is I'm pretty sure that uh, if I if I read these the headlines coming into this coming week correctly, you know Andy Reid's sitting there talking about Eric Berry, you know he's talking about Eric Berry looking good, looking better than ever, and you know he just looks like Eric Berry, and you know what I mean. And people are living high on this Eric Berry dream boat that seems to have. It'd be sailed. a nice story. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs just had their way with the Colts. I mean, it was it was sad, very very sad. Um, and, and I just, I don't even know, honestly, like it it was a game I was obviously not expecting to go that way. I was very disappointed in the Indianapolis Colts to let it get that far. Um, you know, they're a team that's worked so hard to get to where they're at on a one year bounce back with, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. In our opinion.
1: And all of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in all of that to just get tanked by the Chiefs in a fashion that's just unlike what they needed to to go out. I mean, it was, I don't know, not good, not good. I,
1: I mean, Travis Kelsey had seven catches for 108 yards, but, I mean, it, it just, like nothing really popped off. It was literally the fact that the Colts just underperformed in almost every facet of the game. And that offensive line did not look like the premier offensive line it has for m- the majority of the season. Um, but I will say this. I will say this. They're a really young team. Okay, and on top of that, I'm pretty sure if you told Andrew Luck before the season started, not only was he going to come back and play well, but he was going to make the playoffs and even get at least one playoff win before losing to probably the MVP of the league this year. You know what I mean? I think he would take that if you told him that before the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and I don't disagree. And remember, the Indianapolis Colts are coming in with with more more cap space coming into the season than 31 teams. You know, so, I mean, they're leading the way in cap space coming into this offseason. And there's a lot of big-name free agents that are out there that are looking for homes. And, you know, some people looking for trades, obviously, with Antonio Brown, and that getting even more serious than the last time we talked about it. So, I mean, this is, I don't know. It's going to be a humongous offseason for Indianapolis. Here's the problem, though. Indianapolis, Indianapolis ownership has not done a very good job at surrounding Andrew Luck with talent. They haven't done it in the past when they've had him. They're not doing it, you know, I, I just don't foresee now they stirred up the offensive line which they needed, but again, what what's interesting is the offensive line didn't play up to its potential. You know, we've got an offensive line that gave up three sacks this week against the worst defense in football. I mean, you can't let that happen and win football games. You know, not not these type of football games. Like if it was regular season, you know, like uh, regular season football where, you know, whatever, you got a game next week, but like you can't you can't come in not playing your A game, not, you know, blocking again uh, against the worst defense in
1: football. Like it, it's just I don't
0: know. I don't know. I was well, super disappointed.
1: I mean, Chris Jones had a great year. People he's underrated. You know, people and rightfully so, have forgot about Justin Houston, but he looks like an old form of himself where he's just making plays the last couple weeks. Um, I agree with you that in the playoffs you can't do that, but I think a lot of it is, you know, inexperience. You got a first-time head coach, a bunch of new players uh, from the draft and free agency that have never been there before, okay? You got other coaches on that staff that are first-time in their positions. I think it was just a bunch of inexperience, and Andrew Luck was coming off of not playing for a year and a half, two years of football. I think I think even though it's disappointing that that's what a lot of it chalks up to, and if they can continue to build not only the coaching staff, but continue to get people in free agency with that cap space and continue to draft well, they're going to be in the playoffs almost every year for the next handful of years, and growing together as a team, both staff and players, I think will only help them in the long run. The only thing that really surprises me is they let go of their offensive line coach when two years ago they gave up 50-some sacks and were towards the bottom in the league and, like, sacks allowed. But then this year they led the league in only giving up 18 sacks. They went from 50-some sacks to 18 sacks. And then they let their offensive line coach go. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason behind it. I just found it odd. Uh, Anything else you want to say about this game before we move on?
0: Yeah, the only thing that I want to say that, that I think is interesting is is when you look at the team and you look at Chris Ballard, their GM. I think he made a statement this past uh, <clears throat> this past week that said, "Indy's going to be an attractive place in free agency, and he's looking for quoting him, good dudes this off season. Okay, <laughs> so that that's cool and all, um, but I I, I don't. No, I don't know what his plan is, but I don't see Chris Ballard making Indy a very lucrative place for free agents to come. Because they've been a poorly managed team. It's not to do with the talent, but they've been a poorly managed team. Well, it's also
1: a middle of... The country city with not a lot of like beaches or good weather, sure, yeah, anything like that. And
0: it's not a big media market, no,
1: so that's gonna hurt them. But when you look at their cap space, when you look, if you know, players are like, I'll get to play with Andrew Luck, they have a young team, and you know, with the limited pieces they had, they made the playoffs, challenged the division, maybe not for every free agent, but maybe free agents that are focusing on getting paid or. looking at the you know the age of this team and the talent on it we will take a shot at it like i really feel like a.j green this is where he's gonna end up i really feel like this is where he's gonna end up and i hope so yeah so okay so next game chargers at patriots (laughs) uh this game you know for it really surprised me the only one that showed up for the chargers at all on the entire team was philip rivers shocker right but i mean he didn't he had a horrible passing percentage he went 25 of 51 below 50 percent. Yeah. well the problem okay. was like you couldn't get melvin gordon going no you the defense wasn't there you couldn't get melvin gordon going you know by the time they actually got some traction towards the very end of the game it's very similar to the ravens chargers game you know it was already too late the patriots were just comfortably ahead and could just coast um Though you couldn't tell by the Patriots score that they allowed that to happen. The Patriots won 41-28. to 28. Um, yeah.
0: And again, majority of the points that the Chargers scored were, towards in, the end of the game. were just like, whatever. Yeah. Okay, there's no way mathematically they can catch up. So I mean,
1: Phillip Rivers, less than 50% completion percentage, but he did have 331 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Um, but that's saying something. If that's your main stat getter at less than 50% completion percentage on your whole team, the defense did nothing. You know again, what I mean? again
0: though like th- the problem is and I talked about it with the last with the last freaking game right Patriots had 150 yards on the ground I don't know where that comes from like Sony Michelle has had a good season right but he had a phenomenal
1: game Sony Michelle has had a couple games like this during the season he's been you know he's missed games cuz of injury they get a different rotation going they have other options which I'm going to talk about a little bit in a little bit here but Sony Michelle went 24 carries 129 yards and three touchdowns like he's Ridiculous. had at least two other games like that this season. He's been good for the majority of the season. Uh, okay. Um, Multi touchdown games, well over 100 yards. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. He's um, been
0: inconsistent with injury, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a rookie on top so of that. So you just don't anticipate that kind of ball. Yeah, performance you don't anticipate it type and week of game. out, especially against the Chargers defense. Right. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But, but Melvin Gordon only had nine carries. Yeah. I know. How do you give Melvin Gordon nine because, fucking carries? I mean, I understand. I understand that completely. But as fast as that game got out of hand for the Chargers. I could see, and a lot of teams do it, they panic and they stop running the ball. They, they're already down so much because of mistakes and stuff like that and the way the other team's playing that they rely on the passing game. And then it's just too but you much. But
0: you didn't even get the ball in his hand. Like, Melvin Gordon is a dynamic player on your offense. Like, you didn't get him any dump routes. You didn't give him any, anything. He had one catch and nine carries. Melvin Gordon, arguably your best offensive player not named Phillip Rivers. Like, how are you going to, I just don't, like, I don't understand how teams, right? And there's a reason, obviously, I'm not an offensive coordinator in the NFL, right? But, like, I don't understand how you're not the offensive coordinator and you're not looking at yourself saying, okay, the best player on my team, I'm coming into halftime, the best player on my team has four touches in 30 minutes of football. Uh, I don't know. And the Chargers it's not like they didn't put together longer drives, right? They've had they had a decent time of possession. It's just that every time the Patriots got the ball, they drove downfield, they scored. The Chargers got it, they had trouble moving the ball, you know, got a first down here or there. It was just like I don't know, it was rough. Jill, I mean, very Tom, rough situation.
1: Tom Brady didn't have an amazing game, but he didn't need to. You know what I mean? Not with Sony
0: Michelle.
1: They they, they owned up. every aspect of that play. Julian Edelman had nine catches for 151 yards, and then this was the crazy step for me. I had to double check once I I wrote this down. James White, running back, you know, in the committee there, stuff like that. Um, he had 17 targets in the passing game, 15 catches for 97 yards but a running back with 15 catches and was targeted 17 times in a playoff game yeah he's a dynamic player in space you want to give him the ball sony michelle had that stat line julian edelman had a good game gronkowski doesn't look the same but in the red zone he's always a threat and Mm -hmm. then you got tom brady you forget because they don't always play that way and they weren't for the majority of the regular season how many options work in that system and I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the Chiefs and Patriots have their rematch because they played earlier in the season, which a lot of people forget. Um, but in which the Patriots won that game. Patriots won that game uh, 43-40 by a field goal. Um, and Mahomes and Brady both had great games in that game. We'll talk about that then. And that was another game Sony Michel had a great game. So maybe Michelle's the key. I'm not sure. But, I mean... That game was a little bit closer than Cheese Colts, but I still thought it was gonna be closer. And obviously we both picked the Chargers, but still closer in general. No, no doubt. <clears throat> um next game, you're probably going this is probably gonna be the one you enjoy talking about the most, Cowboys and Rams. Um you had made the bet that the Rams will win by double digits, which they didn't, um, but oh man, watching this game was so aggravating for me. I bet. I'll let you start.
0: Uh, uh, Just really quick, yet again, another game that was run on the run on the ground. Right? You talk about Ezekiel Elliott. You talk about his stat line. Well, you know what? It was absolutely nothing in comparison to the Rams having two hundred and thirty-eight yards on the ground. Probably more than that, frankly. I didn't. I I think it was like two seventy-nine in
1: total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Between the two big backs, from some pitches
0: and stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, you've got almost 300 yards coming on the ground. I mean, listen, if you're, if you're LA coming into that game, you executed your game plan almost flawlessly. You know what you came in thinking? You came in thinking Goff's going to get you over 200 yards and one or two touchdowns, right? But otherwise, like, if you're coming to that game and you're LA, you're planning for 40-plus points, like you're thinking in your head that you're gonna make this work. If you can execute on the ground game, they execute on the ground game. Joff, Goff didn't have a terrible game, but you know, it's it's they put they put Jared Goff in a really comfortable situation. He only had to pass for a hundred, or he only had to pass for 186 yards. He only had 28 passing attempts, but you know what he did? He got very critical third down conversions with his arm. Very critical. He got them in the red zone multiple times with his arm. He. He was able to do the things that they needed him to do to make the running game more efficient. You know what I mean? He had a couple nice passes there for for 25 yards. You know, he had a couple nice streaks that he hit. So when you can do that and still keep the defense honest knowing that – you know, you've got a passing game, right? That You're going you're gonna to throw the ball out when they, when you, they show mismatch coverage. Uh, I mean, I think that they executed their game plan flawlessly. I don't think they expected C.J. Anderson to come in and have, you know, 123 of those yards and, and have more yards than Todd Gurley. Although Todd Gurley was wildly more effective. I mean, wildly more effective when he had the ball. But uh, I don't think they anticipated that. But aside from that, I mean, didn't have a receiver over 100 yards. And then you switch over to the Cowboys. And you know what? Excuse me. To be honest, what I think is funny from the Cowboys' perspective is, and as much shit as I give, and I've got this thing in my throat, so I'm going to take a sip of water in a second, but as much as I think and hate on Dak Prescott, Right, and do not feel that Dak Prescott is ever going to be a mid to upper talent in this league that's gonna be able to take people to championships consistently with him specifically in his football IQ. I don't think Dak Prescott's the reason why you lost that game, which I fully anticipated him being the reason. Dallas lost that game single-handedly, the reason why they lost that game. I anticipated him to throw at least two picks, lose a fumble. Like, I anticipated a really poor game, you know, especially playing against that defense. Uh, And it just wasn't the case. He wasn't ultra-efficient, but he was efficient enough. He didn't scramble a lot, but when he did, it was for a touchdown. Uh, He had some pretty good awareness there. Um, You know, he got that third, that fourth, that uh, conversion with a sneak, Little stuff like that, I think – I was shocked that Dak did as well with the pressure that he had. That being said, did he miss miss some freaking key throws that if he would have hit, we'd be singing a different tune right now? Absolutely. He had Amari Cooper down the sideline on a streak, like a a defender and a half away and overthrew him. And it's like, dude, like you can't do that. You hit that pass every fucking day since you've had Amari Cooper. Like you can't not hit it today. You know what I mean? Like that was their route. You can't not hit it today, you know? Um, Amari Cooper, though, that being said, I think Gallup was more involved in the game than Cooper was. And I don't think you can do that and win football games. When when you you, you trade a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, when Amari Cooper has had over 100 yards in a game, you've won every single one of them. And you can't get Amari Cooper, you can't target him and force him the ball. So that kind of, you know, bothered me a little bit. But I'll I'll let you go.
1: There's there's so many points I want to touch on that you brought up, and I'm afraid I'm not going to get them all because I'm going to forget. But – one term to describe the outcome of this game, trench warfare. Okay, That's what it was. That's how the Rams won this game and the Cowboys lost this game. If you told me one team was going to run over the other because the other team wasn't going to be able to stop them, I would have thought it was going to be the other way around. Okay, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley was coming off of rest and being banged up. They were running with C.J. Anderson, and he was playing better going into these games since they signed him, but not to, not to expect the game that he had. There was the, They were the number three or four ranked run defense. They have roving linebackers. Gurley was the league-leading rusher. And on the opposite side, in the Rams' defense, the linebackers, once you got past the initial line, had a hard time stopping the rushers. So everything pointed in Dallas' favor for uh-huh. the run game, and it just didn't happen. Why? Trench warfare. The Rams' offensive line played great. Dallas couldn't get any pressure. A lot of the time, and when they did, it wasn't enough to stop them because they established a run game. Gurley couldn't get anything going at the beginning of the game. It was all C.J. Anderson. And C.J. Anderson finished with 123 yards and two touchdowns. Gurley got going after some of the games started with, and, and finished with 115 yards and touchdown himself, including a 30-yarder. Um, but, I mean, th- it, the Dallas defense was totally lost. Dallas defense was totally lost cuz not only could they not get pressure, but what does the Rams do a lot? They run they show a lot of different sets, a lot of different options. You can't tell if it's a regular handoff, if they're passing the ball, if it's a play action, if it's a fake handoff to a different person. They did it all during the game. They did they did handoffs. You've seen how the run game went. Then they would fake hand it off and pitch it to a receiver like Robert Woods oh who getting yards they on would, that on those reverses. Yeah, dude, I literally
0: the Cowboys. I I, I texted you during that game yeah. and I was like, dude, it's like you're playing a your defense is is like fucking playing JV high school level. Like they're so confused on every they were reverse lost. and they just kept running it. Like literally, Sean McVay is like, if you were gonna be this stupid. I am gonna run this play, and it's gonna be the third play I run every single series. Well, they and would, they just kept doing it. When doing they anticipated anticipate it, doing it, doing then
1: doing it it was a fake handoff <laughs> to a fake pitch out to a fucking pass, you know what I mean? Down the sideline, and it was just they weren't prepared for it. And it, it was undefendable. And the I way mean, you guys could the way it it to stop that is by getting pressure on the quarterback, and they couldn't do it. Nobody even touched him. Goff's I mean? jersey was not yeah. dirty. No, they, that didn't, game. they didn't get a sack. You know what I mean? Right Crazy. Now we talk about the other side of the ball. Rams only got one sack, but there was constant pressure. And you not only that, but you've seen the fact that they couldn't run the ball. You stopped the run game for a team that's run first. Okay, yeah, Dak didn't play horrible, and I didn't expect him to because even though he has on games and off games, and I said this before, he's more of a clutch quarterback. He's not he's not some other where they have great stat lines and then you know fold when it's a cl- crucial game. He usually plays a good game when it counts, when it's an important game, when it's a playoff game, whatever. But during the times where it doesn't, it's not as important, It's you don't know what you're getting. It's a coin toss. But Dak played a good game. Zeke got 20 carries. Going into this game, both Gurley and Zeke, when they've gotten 20 carries or more, have never lost a game. So you knew one of them was going to get it. Zeke <laughs> got 20 carries exactly. Only had, I think, 49 yards rushing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, Yeah um cooper got a really nice play had two or three nice plays in total the whole game it wasn't enough um i was sitting there thinking i'm like and this is why i complain about the coaching staff all season you have a quarterback with dak prescott who you know shows mismatches because of the fact that he can run and because of his size and they just don't utilize it on top of that during that game yeah don't get away from the rushing game he got his 20 carries but there, there was a lot of times, because they only got one sack, they had time to pass. They made plays in the passing game. And instead of relying on what was working, you didn't. And your drives faltered. They stalled out. You couldn't get anything going until the end. And by that time, your defense, it was a lot closer of a game for the first half of that game than it should have been. Okay, it was. I believe the score was like 20-13 or 13-13. Seven, 27 something. after the first half. okay so 27 but a, it was closer than that score said i mean the, the rams only scored another touchdown in the second half you know what i mean but by that point the defense had already completely folded chris richard was losing his shit on the sideline um it was just and this is where offense and defensive lines don't get enough credit it was it was one up front on both sides of the ball and the rams just had the better punches
0: yeah, I I was um, not obviously not shocked the Rams won because <clears throat> I anticipated them too, but I am definitely shocked in the in the fashion that that game uh, that game went down. I mean, listen if you're if you're Demarcus Lawrence in that game, you need I to mean, get a sack. You've got to get gotta you've got to touch the quarterback. You've got to hit him. You've got to be disruptive. But like. He was like a toddler getting put to sleep by his parents all night, all night. Like it was like, he couldn't do anything. He, he could get swaddled. no, yeah. he, he was, was like being swaddled. Baby. Yeah, seriously. It was like, oh, come here to Marcus. Come here, give me a hug. You know what I mean? Like it was like, they weren't even, like he was getting nowhere. And meanwhile, golf is sitting back there and golf, dude, I literally like, I-, I felt like if they wanted to take time off the clock, do you know what they did? They didn't run the football they just let Goff stand in the pocket for 25 seconds because that's how much time I felt like he had. Like, he's standing back there, and I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. He sells the fucking football, five, six. Like, he's just chilling, like, oh, going through progression number one. Let's go through it again. Oh, he's open, there you go, bang. You know what I mean? And it's just like, Jesus.
1: And the thing that sucks is, what was a real letdown is the secondary played well. Um, Yeah, they did. The secondary played played well, but the front seven couldn't do anything because they lost the line in scrimmage. Um... But what really sucked is, how many times did you hear Jalen Smith in that game? Pretty much not. I can't think of one right off the top of my head. How many times did you hear LVE's name called? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe you've seen him make a couple tackles and stuff like that, but he wasn't really flying around to the ball like he normally did. And like you said, tank. All right, what got me so jazzed up for this game is he was asked before the game, earlier in the week, you know, about Jared Goff. And he says, he said this about, quarter- about Jared Goff. He said, he's a quarterback. I don't like quarterbacks. I go in every week wanting to take a quarterback's soul, okay? He goes, you look in a man's eye and see fear in his heart. That is when you know you got him, and that's how I play the game, right? And to hear that quote got me so jazzed. And they're like, well, what about Dak? And he's like, Dak's my teammate. He goes, if he wasn't, I wouldn't like him either, and he knows it. And knowing that this man who's played so well had that kind of animosity going into this playoff game and just did not deliver, just mm. crushes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jared Goff walked by him in the postgame and whispered, go to bed. I'm just kidding. That probably didn't happen. I was going to say, did really? like, I did not hear <clears> that. <throat> that would be any... hilarious. Go to bed. Uh, I was going to say, you just saw <laughs> um, my facial reaction. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. And the other thing that's really funny is you had Amari Cooper lined up against Marcus Peters all night. Marcus Peters had a trash season. Garbage. Okay, real bad. Ooh, French, I like it. Like, he totally played, like, bad. Okay? And again, I just don't think... How many targets did Amari Cooper have that game? Not uh, receptions, targets, you know?
1: Not sure. You go ahead. I'll look at it. But up. It,
0: I'm telling you, like, it couldn't have been a lot. Because I'll tell you, when he had targets, okay, he got... He got six receptions, right, for whatever, 70 yards or 65 yards or something like that, right? 65, 70 yards. But, like,
1: I'd be shocked if he was targeted more than 10 times. He wasn't targeted more than 10 times. He was targeted nine times, and then he finished with six catches for 65 okay, yards and go. a touchdown. Perfect. I don't know how <clears throat> you don't
0: force feed Amari Cooper the ball when the game's going the way it does, especially when at the half you're down whatever, 21-7, or whatever the score 20 to 7 20-7. 27. 20-7 at the half. You come out of the half. I just don't understand how you are not force-feeding a guy the ball that you know can be dynamic with the number one. You know who is going up against Marcus Peters, who has not had a tremendous... Now listen, his games can change on a dime, but has not had a tremendous season. You've got to feel good about that matchup if you're Dallas coming into the game. You have tried you tried to hit him once or twice, and, and maybe him and Dak didn't connect, and, and that was okay. And, in, and two times on some pretty critical catches that Amari Cooper needed to make. One probably looked like a botched route uh, by Amari Cooper, which is super rare, because he's one of the best route runners in football, in my opinion. Uh, The other one, I think Dak overthrew him, like I said earlier. But... You've got to keep going back to that matchup. Like, you've got to stay consistent in going after that matchup because he's the guy that's going to be the difference maker that's going to win or lose you the football game. Especially when you know the running game isn't working. When Zeke already got 20 touches and he's still not being able to – Zeke didn't get a lot out of the backfield either. I don't think he got a lot of – I don't think the ball got in his hand in the receiving game all hell No, days. it didn't. So, like, you're not trying to get the ball in Zeke's hand so he can gain separation in, in open field and short yardage situations. You're not trying to air the ball out to Amari Cooper, a guy who can almost separate from anybody.
1: And the passing game was working. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, it was working, and you just didn't go with it.
0: No, it was crazy. You went with Gallup more, but, like, uh, Gallup was lined up against Aqib Talib. Love Gallup. And he had a great game. Six catches, 119 yards. That's crazy. Like, he had a phenomenal game.
1: But it wasn't enough.
0: It wasn't enough. And it's just, uh, I don't know, That's crazy. That Rams team, you know, if they keep playing offensively like they did this week, they're going to be a tough team to beat, uh, you know, when they're uh, they're in New
1: Orleans. Well, I mean, my preseason pick, I accurately picked the NFC Championship game. My preseason picks, I had the Rams and the Saints in the NFC Championship game. Really? Yeah. I know that. I have it saved on my phone. My AFC game wasn't close. My AC yeah. game, I had Houston and Jacksonville. Wow! So, um, but going into the final game, Eagles at Saints. Saints won twenty to fourteen. I mean, the, it was close. Like I expected to. I know you didn't expect it to be close, but dude, it was one catch away from the Eagles winning that game. Like I said, I expected to be close. I I thought both teams would score a little bit more, but the Eagles were hitting the stride at the right time, and they play good football. Okay, even when they don't play as well as the opposing team they usually find ways to win and that's why i knew it was going to be a close game it was a one score game okay nick Foles. i don't want to hear any more big dick nick shit i'm sick of it because he had 200 yards and he had one touchdown and two picks including a crucial one now you can blame that last one and the crucial one on alshon jeffrey sure whatever but it was well placement by the defense and nick Foles could have played better for as much love as he gets from the eagles community he could have played better um another team by the way that won
0: the run, run the won the ground game and won the game yeah and it
1: wasn't even the crazy outstanding numbers it was no? just winning the the running yards you know what i mean drew breeze had 300 yards two touchdowns in yo a you minute. know what's crazy of the 300 171
0: of them were to michael thomas oh yeah i was Insane. just gonna say that michael thomas Insane. and, and this, this is
1: crucial for me Caught crazy balls too drew crazy Brees balls. spreads the ball around but it's great to have that option that if you need to force feed the ball, he's going to do it. Dude, you know he was mean?
0: catching the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my 16 life. 16
1: targets, 12 catches, <coughs> 171 yards, and a touchdown. And when, the, when you needed a first down, I couldn't tell you on how many drives it was like it third and like third and long. Michael Thomas. Dude, it seemed like
0: everyone, especially that one where it was like third and 15, he hit Thomas. Thomas had to quick juve out of the way of three defenders kind of squeeze up in between them all to get that first down and reach for it. And like he's the guy that's doing that for you every time. I literally felt like when it was third down... I'm telling you right now if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm like calling up and I'm like yo, fucking triple this guy. Like just get him out of my life. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like seriously, cuz when <laughs> when the Saints were rolling and Michael Thomas was doing so much, I would I would have to be like, "Okay, listen, I want a corner, a linebacker, and a safety on this dude. Linebacker can just zone him, but like I need man like right now today." If anything,
1: like, do you think Doug Peterson's on the sideline like, "Which one of you guys on offense are going to be that guy?" Like, give me give me one of him. Like, yeah, pos- yeah, I mean, I, I would think
0: so. Like, it was just so insane. Like, how do you, I don't know, man. I don't know how you let a guy, how you let one player single-handedly, a wide receiver, single-handedly just destroy you as an as a football team. 171 yards receiving. That's insane.
1: Well, I will say this. He was a top 10 receiver for us this last offseason. Mm-hmm. Borderline top five. I think think he might enter the top five for our future rankings oh there's
0: no question this is nuts i mean i couldn't even believe what he was able to do in that game it was crazy but i mean what, what about Marshawn
1: Lattimore? Go? actually like the second the Saint secondary overall played very well super good and you know Marshawn latimore showing last year self he had two deflections and both picks mm-hmm. you know what i mean he came to play he showed like he his name is known for a reason and if they could carry that going into the rams match it'll only help them more True, true. Um, do you have an apology for Eagles fans for not thinking much of their team? No, no
0: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not.
1: Frankly, I have apologies for no one. So
0: going to say, Drew, apologize? What? But uh, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I. Uh, hey, listen, we sung the Bieber that one week. That was the yeah. kind of an apology episode. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, 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 I forget can't, why.
1: Oh, uh, never mind. I don't want to go back to it. I listen, was going
0: to say I, I can't. Yeah, no, but
1: I. But listen, I.
0: I'm shocked. Honestly, the Saints should have won by three possessions. Because that's what you bet. No, because their defense played super well. That is what I bet, for sure. Mm. But their defense played way better than I even anticipated them playing, right? Michael Thomas had a ridiculous game. Alvin Kamara had a pretty good game. Honestly, if you would put up the stats and say, oh, uh, hey, by the way, they only scored 20 points, people would be like, you're fucking crazy. So you're telling me Marshall Lattimore had two picks. Drew Brees himself threw for over 300 yards. Alvin Kamara total had over 100 yards combined between rushing and and receiving. And Michael Thomas received for 171 yards. And they only scored 20 points. Like, you would literally be like, go kill yourself. There's no <laughs> fucking way that's real. You know what I mean? Seriously. So, they should have... Uh, like, this should have been a a 35-point game. Easy. Easy. 34. 34. Blah. Yeah, 35. 34-point game, uh, you know, with New Orleans winning, but whatever.
1: Eagles might have won if Carson Wentz was playing and healthy. <clears throat> just,
0: this game? I'm yeah, just, maybe. I'm just saying. Um, this game, that's true. So,
1: <clears throat> Rachel... Was there any result in this past week's matchups that surprised you? Any of the games? No. No? What? They kind of went as you expected? Yeah. that That's why she's on the show. That's why she's on the show. <laughs> because... Her face. Her
0: face when she said yeah with absolute confidence and then was just like, I
1: don't... Yeah. You know, I was really going to roll with it until you both started laughing. Oh, I, I was going to okay. say, like, yeah, that's, that's cool. why she's on this show because... She knows what's gonna happen, obviously more than we do, because she predicted the entire thing. Right? It's so far. You know, I find it really weird. With Wait, s- did I? No, no. Oh. no <laughs> sure. um, uh, we, were so, we were both so offended that you actually thought you nailed that. Like, what? No, um, absolutely not. You didn't. Uh, oh, I find. Do you find it surprising <laughs> that all the top seeds moved on? It is very interesting. It usually does not happen that and way. No, usually, even if you expect it, it doesn't work out that way. And this is one of the few times it did. Both number ones and twos moved on.
0: Yeah, it's kind of disappointing a little bit, to be honest with you. It doesn't make for a really flashy playoff. But um, <clears throat> for me, I mean, ideal. my ideal matchup is in play to some degree. I think that would be
1: fun from here,
0: but we'll see what happens. I was going like, say, flashy?
1: <laughs> You're talking about three of the highest-scoring offenses, if not three highest-scoring offenses in the league, With quarterbacks named Brady, Mahomes, Goff, Breeze. Yeah, it doesn't make a good story. I don't like it. Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, Sean Payton, Andy
0: Reid. No, it doesn't make a good story. I don't like it at all.
1: (laughs) Well, before we get to this week's game, we're going to do a little bit of news. Um, All right, so just to kind of go through this. Uh, we're going to talk about this more as episodes go on and the you know season winds down, comes to an end, and we get into the offseason. But I need to put this out there now because for those of you who do care and do follow, Kyler Murray entered the draft. Um, he's foregoing what it seems like the major league contract he had with the Oakland A's to play football. Whether you agree with it or not, it seems that he's going to be entering the draft. It might be QB number one for the upcoming draft if you're into that sort of thing, which I am. So I can't wait to talk about that as it comes on. Um, The one little thing that I found interesting is Cliff Kingsbury gave a past interview saying that if he had the number one pick, you know, he would draft Kyler Murray. And one, Kyler Murray enters the draft when it didn't look like it. Two, Cliff Kingsbury is a head coach now in the NFL. And oh, by the way, he has the number number one pick. So there's been a lot of rumors about could he trade Josh Rosen, um, gain a whole bunch of picks, and then still (coughs) draft the quarterback he said he always would have when he was in college with the first pick overall. So how crazy. <clears throat> so let me ask you this. I mean, me, I don't I
0: expect don't. it to happen by the way. So if he gets if he gets a a number 1 for Rosen, he's doing it all day long. Guaranteed he's doing it all day long. 100%. Here's the problem. No GM in the world is hearing that argument. None of them. Not a GM. You know why? Because you know what it says? We give up because we can't draft well. Like we we did not draft well. Our bad. By the way, I would almost respect those decisions because I feel like, and I've said this a million times, teams hold on to players because they drafted them and have an emotional attachment, I feel like not to the player but to their to their pride yeah, absolutely. for being absolutely. like for being like no 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 we, we got to make this right like we drafted this person super high so like we we've, we've got to work it out right let's put them in a different scheme let's get a different coordinator in there let's let's get a different mentor um, let's bring in a veteran you know what i mean and they try and do all this shit when they need to move on to somebody so i would respect it uh, Obviously, it wouldn't be for the right reason I, I still i still think regardless of the productivity i don't care i saw josh rosen play football and he is one of the best uh, he is literally one of the best and brightest young minds at quarterback that you have probably ever seen. <clears throat> I think his ceiling is higher than any other quarterback that came out of this draft. Baker has great intangibles, and I like it, okay? But Baker weighs too heavily, his gameplay weighs too heavily on how emotionally passionate he is about the game that he's playing.
1: Agree. Okay.
0: You know, As so right now, he's yeah. too emotionally driven. The thing I love about Rosen is mentally, he's the strongest, one of the strongest quarterbacks mentally that I've seen coming out of college in a while. Like he just gets it, just hyper intelligent, and hit long term. If you can pair him with somebody, I mean, the sky's the limit. I um, King might be that guy. We'll see.
1: I know you don't get in the draft as much as me, and before you really start hitting the players that are coming out this year, you're not there yet. But you know, I don't think it's that black and white. I. I mean a lot of time between now and draft and the draft things could change but I don't I don't see it happening but it's for a couple reasons one Josh Rosen okay for most people I would argue is the still best quarterback prospect more than anyone in this year's draft okay all by being if you if you want someone like Tyler Murray who physically is an athlete okay run throw whatever but he's just under 5'10" without cleats just under 510 he is small he's going to be the smallest starting quarterback in the league when he gets drafted um and then it's still going to be the learning thing and i think another thing is cliff kingsbury said that when he was in college not knowing he was going to have the number one pick for a future nfl team and have josh rosen or you know that much of a prospect on the team um i do think you could get a first round pick for him i think if josh rosen is there And you could send him somewhere to like the Jaguars or the Giants where they have other pieces around there and he can learn. Um, I think that would work out great. And I definitely think they would give up a first round pick for him. Um, But with that all being said and still time going on as of right now, I don't think that happens. I think Cliff Kingsbury stays with him. But if he does move him, um, it would be a crazy storyline for this draft uh, for this whole offseason coming up. And it'd be really, really fucking interesting to see where he goes, because I am also big on Josh Rosen, and if he goes to the right spot, could be huge.
0: I think he's staying there. I do too, as of right now. Because I just don't think that front office would ever move on a quarterback after drafting him a year ago.
1: But. M- moving on, Eagles came out and said it, what I've been saying for a while, even if you were there for some speculation. They're sticking with Wentz over Foles. You you say it like you say it like you had the underdog vote. You say you were like you were like
0: yeah, I've been saying it for. Forever. Because I got sick Wentz of is it sticking Foles, around. So you're not
1: gonna move on from Wentz, and not just you. There's been plenty of people both on TV and you know everyday life that just like oh well, I, I don't know, and Foles won us a Super Bowl, and you know Big Dick Nick, and I'm just like shut the fuck up. Because Yo, here's what like, I'm still
0: saying: Big Dick Nick wins me a Super Bowl. I am definitely, as I've said a million times, I am absolutely listening to the conversation. Get rid of Carson Wentz. 100%. I think to
1: any conversation at any time, all the time. But it was never going to happen. It was never going to happen unless the Eagles knew something was wrong long term with Wentz, and they didn't have confidence that he was going to meet his old health habits and be able to play at that same level. There was no way they were moving on from Wentz. I guarantee fucking damn to you like
0: okay <laughs> i'm not wildly passionate about the subject so i'm like i'm like i'm trying i'm trying here i am but, cause uh, i
1: like once and it just it literally makes zero sense with my gm hat on it makes no sense okay fair um gary kubi i'm sorry you like you're just like okay like yeah whatever right. right with it and rachel's <laughs> like i can't believe like you're using like three curse words and like one little you know explanation but she's like i'm just over here trying to, to eat ice cream and snuggle on a blanket and yeah. She's eyeing because she knows you're right. Um Gary Kubiak joined the Vikings. Um, I know you're not a fan of Kirk Cousins or the Vikings. Um I am a fan of Gary Kubiak. I know you're a fan of Gary Kubiak. So and him joining the offense, do you think it either helps Kirk Cousins or that offense in general going into next season? I think if anybody
0: in the fucking world listens to Gary Kubiak, not an offensive coordinator or special offensive assistant advisor or fucking finger blaster, or whatever the fuck. What the, the fuck? Is. He's gonna be up there lubing up cousin's butthole. Like, hey, let me get it straight. But uh, yo, however,
1: he QB whispers is up to him as long as it <laughs> works. Yo, yeah, seriously,
0: I um, uh, so I, I'm I like I like Kubiak coming in there to help. I really do because they need help. They really, really do. Uh, you know, when Kubiak entered the league, right, and obviously most infamously, uh, you know, was, was Steve Young's quarterback coach through that uh, that final Super Bowl there. And listen arguably steve young's greatest season in his career a lot of people attribute it to the mentoring that, that he had with gary kupiak and putting him in better situations feeding him better techniques uh obviously he moved, he's moved on to do a lot of great things but here here's where i see this going <clears throat> where i see this going is no one listens to a guy that doesn't endorse a big time 60 odd million dollar guaranteed contract like a- as a football team it's challenging to do that. So when Gary Kubiak, right? He couldn't say this in the interview, right? Like I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. But when he starts working with Cousins and he sees that like Cousins just doesn't have good IQ. He doesn't have good fundamental reads, especially not in high pressure situations. If you look at the quarterbacks that Gary Kubiak has coached and done well with. Now, now remember the the when Kubiak was in Baltimore. Okay, he had Flacco. Who was the running back in Baltimore when he was there? Uh, Justin Forsett. So when he had uh, when he had Flacco and Forsett there in Baltimore, that was the highest scoring offense Baltimore's had in like twenty years. Like legit crazy. Like Kubiak did phenomenal things with Joe Flacco. I do not believe here we go ready I don't believe that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback now in the current system than Joe Flacco was at that time in that system so I don't think even Kubiak has a chance to whisper Kirk Cousins up to a level that gets them contending for deep playoff runs
1: uh, I will say that I, I do think it helps. Like It's definitely not going to hurt them. I, I'll say it in that way. Oh, sure. It's not no. going to hurt them. It's, no, their anything, offense will get better. It will only help them. Agreed. Um, How much, that depends. I still think they need another running back, because I don't know if Delvin Cook can do it all himself. Uh, maybe it was just part of the fact they didn't run as much. Maybe Gubiak changes that. Um, they have receivers. They have a solid tight end. Um, The, the quarterback's at least solid, even if he's not clutch. Agreed. or spectacular Agreed. so i mean even if you can up those a little bit if they can add some pieces i think they'll make the playoffs and i think if they make it far it'll be because of zimmer not kubiak but i disagree uh they've they've gotten far last year before kurt cousins with a lesser quarterback and a deeper run so zimmer's shown to do it i think if they can do it with cousins and like i said if they add the pieces they'll make the playoffs they'll fight for the playoffs I think Kubiak will help Cousins, but the whole team in general, if it makes a run, it'll be because of Zimmer, I think.
0: I, I don't agree at this point, only because of what Zimmer showed us this past season. So I I, I don't agree. Was there new stuff going on? Yeah, new coordinator. You know, there's was, there was a lot of new stuff. I get it, but I'm just not—I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Again, if you can just find a way for Kirk Cousins to not lose you football games— you have a chance, but like it's so far, it hasn't been built into his DNA. The past like eight
1: years, or so I mean, who knows? Um, Rachel, on a scale of ten, how comfortable does it make you feel when your boyfriend uses the term finger blasting on the show? Horribly uncomfortable. So like, wow. an eight.
0: Y'all are not PG at all tonight,
1: both tonight of you. We, I would, I Y'all, we, she should have been so, here. I'm from she Arkansas. Been, <laughs> I'm from Tennessee. Um... She should have been part of the show when you were cursing and calling everyone and their mothers out back back before we came back with the upgraded show and I'm hardware. glad that I wasn't. <laughs> um, Alright, so two more things to touch on before we get to them pick this uh, week's games and then wrap it up. Um, AB's situation, just to keep up with the storyline going, um, apparently he won't return Rooney's phone calls when Rooney tries to contact him and talk it out. So I don't know if if that makes you feel one way or another. Blocked. Yeah, right? It doesn't really, he's a a silent button, like, no, I'm good, man. You know, it's funny that, like, that's the
0: part of the show that got Rachel the most jazzed up. Like, somebody won't return a phone call? Awesome. (laughs)
1: Like, Mary Rooney, maybe. Art Rooney, not so much. Yeah, right, right, um, right. right. uh, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: If like, you just saw the head motion she just did, it was it was totes fabu.
1: Um, I find it also that's that's come out is there's a little squabble between him and then Bruce Arians and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh my god! Bro, he bro, blew up bro, Twitter. She's <laughs> gonna be like the side the side
0: terminology there. So uh yeah, he blew up Twitter with that post calling out Bruce Arians like you didn't draft me. Arians mean, didn't drafted, even really call him out drafted either. drafted Emmanuel Sanders. <sighs>
1: All Arian said was that some of his diva nature was coming out, but then like that was the worst thing he said and had nothing but praise for Antonio Brown, and then A B like called him out saying, You didn't draft me. And yeah, you drafted Emmanuel Sanders Antonio and Antonio
0: him... Brown is such like
1: he's Say, so drama, like. He's he's a receiver. He's a receiver. He's a really good post. He's receiver. just
0: all about himself, post this, post that, oh my god, no shirt, and then he's like, Oh, look at me, look at me, 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 me.
1: I mean, he's a, he's a really good receiver. Yeah, like, that's you No, I say. You know what's really funny
0: though? Like, if you if you if you name off right now, like really quick, top four or five. Let's just spitball really fast. Top five receivers in football generally, right, right no now, in particular order. Okay, so we right got now. Yeah, right, 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 okay. right now. Okay, right Julio now. Julio
1: Jones. Right now. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh-huh. Antonio Brown. Agreed. Michael Thomas. Agreed. I don't know, who do you want to put at five? Eli, oh, uh, OBJ. OBJ, right. So you're like Eli Manning. No, <laughs> uh, OBJ, right? Yeah, because OBJ's a quarterback, yeah. If you look at those five
0: receivers, now, if you rank them in order of drama, okay, it's Antonio Brown number one humongo time. Right now,
1: it's easy to say that. I still think career. course of career, OBJ. No, I think career, Antonio really? Brown number okay. one. For
0: right. sure, All Antonio right. Brown number one. Okay, we've got OBJ number two. And then the list plummets. It does. Right? It does. Then the list goes like spots two through 947, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. And frankly, frankly, if I had to rank their greatness, the only one that lines up is Antonio Brown. Because I think he's the best receiver out of all of them. So I think he stays at number one. But then I think the order completely flips on its head. I think then it goes DeAndre Hopkins... Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, OBJ. you have
1: Michael Thomas <clears throat> above Julio Jones?
0: Uh, right now? Today? Yes. Right, okay, I so I, I found Antonio on Twitter. <laughs> I just got to <laughs> say cool. this. You're good for it. This is good. So he tweeted yesterday. Um, he goes, he didn't draft me. He drafted Emmanuel Sanders. Same guy who missed rehab to go on networks to talk about me. On situation, he has zero clue. Arian, is it Arian? Yeah, Arian's. Arian's. Now wears kangaroo hats and glasses, but I'm a diva, done seen it all. They say, we friends, stop lying. She,
1: she just <laughs> quoted the tweet we were talking about, and she's crafting oh up. Oh my um, god. And that's for the Emanuel Sanders thing, he was on NFL Yo, Network. Yo, hold
0: on, time out really quick. We've got a segment for you. NFL players on social media Dude, this week. Dude, it's great, it's And you're so passionate about this. You're so fired up. Like, you're firing through these tweets. So, like, that's what you should do is Boom. go. All the things I know, I've still been silent, though.
1: <laughs> um, what you should do is at. follow a lot of big name mm-hmm. NFL players. Mm-hmm. And then when you find things that amuse you. Save them, or you know, keep a yeah, keep screenshot a those real quick, and, and then, then save them, them, them for the next week's show. Oh and we'll, yeah, Folk we'll give you a little them. segment. Okay, that's good. Even this is good. I like this. Um, I'm amused, frankly. But yeah, Emmanuel Sanders won, was NFL Network. He comes in every now and then because he has an interest. Wait, in...
0: on Bell sings? I I guess. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, we all sing, and it's no- normal. He
0: dropped a single. Go check it out
1: oh <laughs> maybe we will have to then you'll you know what you should do that when we're off the air and then let us know if it's any good um um but he he was on nfl network because he's interested in having a broadcasting career after his playing career is over so he does it every now and then and they asked him about the situation he just gave his honest take and ab didn't like it um man he is slowly really starting to annoy me like i I understand. It's really weird that we're talking about receivers because receivers were really known for that back in the day, and you're seeing less and less of it, but you still get a few, like Antonio Brown, like OBJ, and I just, like, I don't like OBJ at all because there's personality, and is slowly starting to get there, and it's just really disappointing and discouraging to me.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> now, the only one that has a right to be disappointed disappointing and disappointed in would be obj because he's literally in the most awful situation in football right now
1: yeah
0: like he's in literally the most
1: awful, awful but not, situation. If, not if they trade for josh Rosen. Uh, you know what i'm not gonna lie i would be okay with that if, if you if i if you if i was to say josh rosen's your quarterback saquon Barkley's your running back you have obj at receiver evan ingram at tight end a rebuilt offensive line that they're probably gonna have more pieces to i take that. i take yeah, that easy. Yeah, OBJ is like, OBJ plays like Calvin Johnson. You know no, I, I wouldn't mean? go that far. He's Megatron. Calvin Johnson.
0: He's Calvin Johnson-esque. So, like, you know, you look at him. Oh, dude, come on, man. Come on.
1: I can make the argument Megatron's a top five receiver all the time.
0: I cannot hear or listen to that argument ever. <laughs> top ten, Yes. I can see that. The problem is he just didn't play long enough. We got too little of a clip. And we know that we know that because receivers t- typically fall off towards the later part of their career, that gets taken into consideration in their greatness. And Calvin Johnson didn't allow that to get taken into consideration with his because he, he dipped out, he peaced out Boy
1: Scout. He played um, nine great years, high-level years. And, yes, he peaced out when he had more in the tank for personal reasons absolutely. like that. He
0: had at least five more seasons left.
1: But he, he's tough. Borderline top. He right was
0: the topic. only person in our generation that we'll ever see that had a chance at touching any of Jerry Rice's records, um, frankly. But uh,
1: whatever. We've gotten off topic. We did. Um, was, OBJ all, is really great and fall. in a terrible situation, um, is what we're saying. Sorry. But, all right, so last bit of news I wanted to talk on before we pick these this week's games uh, coaching moves. So, you know, all of them are pretty much settled. Uh, the only two that aren't is the Bengals and the Dolphins, but they both seem like they have prospects lined up. They're just waiting for them both to be done in the playoffs because it looks like the Bengals are interested in Zach Taylor, the quarterback coach from the Rams, Zach. Um, which Taylor. doesn't make any sense to me. And then, oh, of course, he he like he he
0: like one time smelt Sean McVay's sandwich. Like he's so. the quarterback
1: coach, yeah, but he's never even called plays before. Oh, I know. You know what and, I mean? But he
0: smelt a sandwich that Sean McVay yeah. once made with extra salami. So-
1: He's never called plays, Hot him and, and he's going to jump from quarterback coach to head coach. Hilarious. So, um, that's what the Bengals are looking at, and the Dolphins are interested in Brian, Brian Flores, the linebacker coach for New England. Um, I honestly... He doesn't have that crazy of, like, a resume, so I don't know if it's a good hiring or a bad hiring when it comes to that. Uh,
0: hey, the last guy that had anything to do with the Patriots defense went to a team and crashed them into the ground.
1: Well, you know, I mean...
0: He's late for meetings, He doesn't take calls. He doesn't think being on time is important. Like, come on, bro. Come on.
1: Matt Patricia? Yeah, Matt Patricia's trash. He's fucking garbage. He's so bad. He's so fucking bad. I didn't know you had that strong of a take on him. (laughs) He's fucking poop. All right, but Patricia's poop. With that being said, out of all the coaching moves, all right, I want to ask you, which coaching move did you like best? And whether uh, similar or not, What staff that's been assembled so far do you like so much, potential-wise? move that I
0: like most is uh, Adam Gase to the Jets. Okay.
1: Even Uh, with his press conference and the faces he was making.
0: (laughs) They make incredible memes, so yes, (laughs) I love those as well. Um, No, Adam Gase to the Jets makes a ton of sense. Uh, Adam Gase has had a lot of offensive success. Uh, You know, listen, you can look at this year. Tannehill got back. He got a quarterback that... Can kind of ish for a little bit, maybe eh, produce right, and they were in contention to the playoffs. So playoffs, playoffs, they were right there. They were right there. They were two games away from potentially making the playoffs. They would. They actually had a point where they could almost control their own destiny. I mean, they needed like one team to lose, and they could have made it in. And uh, obviously, that didn't happen. Whatever, whatever. But all I'm saying is, Miami was in a good spot. When everybody counted them out. And I think a lot of that has to do with Adam Gase and his offensive play calling. And they have nobody on either side of the ball, so whatever. Uh, New York, on the other hand, not only has the second or third highest cap space available of a team, they've got the, their quarterback of the future for sure, and Sam Darnold. No question, right? Um, they've got Anawa. They've got... Anua. Uh, An- Anua? Quincy Anua. 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 Yeah.
1: Okay. Robbie
0: Anderson. Tomato Tomato. They've got a young... Potato. They got a good. Uh, I was trying to think of another one, but I kind of. Um, you know, they've got a good young secondary, so you know we'll see what happens. I, I'm feeling. I feel super great, super great about Adam Gase going uh, to New York.
1: So that coaching movie, like best, is that with them hiring their coordinators a while. Um, a lot of them filled. Is that also your favorite coaching staff in general? You know the,
0: the reason why calling out my favorite coaching staff right now is super challenging is because. I don't know that I like any of them yet because truthfully, like let's be honest, we have a lot of places, you know, when we look at – well, I mean I guess pending what's still happening in a couple vacancies and and a couple openings, but uh, when we look at places like Cincinnati, right? We look at places like Cleveland, okay? Cleveland's an interesting one because they had that that internal promotion, right? Cleveland they
1: got... is very interesting. So, they hired Freddie Kitchens. Yeah,
0: so they bring Freddie Kitchens, who they attribute a little bit to Baker's success and, and getting that thing turned well, around. they
1: fired Todd Haley, promoted Kitchens to offensive coordinator, and then all of a sudden that offense, including Baker, just played way better that rest right. of the season.
0: But now you make him head coach. I, I, I don't. No, I don't know what I think.
1: It's interesting because you, there's not a lot to go on. I think you could have the reason
0: why I think that could be a really good staff for me is because I don't know what they did with offensive coordinator right um, now. They they, they
1: they they uh, they hired Todd Monken.
0: Okay. I mm, who I like. Yeah, potential. Could, that could be my favorite. Maybe. Because of because it's the guaranteed upside. Like, you've already seen the upside in that situation because you had an interim job, right? So, like, you've already seen what could happen. So, that's probably my favorite because it's the most guaranteed. Like, I feel like you've got the best chance of success right now in Cleveland because of the situation they put themselves in. And I don't know that I can say that about any other team. My Packers included, right? So,
1: um, first off, just cause you brought the Packers quick, even though I won't get on it. I, I absolutely disliked their coach, uh, hire. I, I'm not a fan of it at all. Oh, Interesting. Okay. Um, which will, I guess we'll have to talk for a future episode or off air or something. Like I'm just that. curious why <laughs> you take uh, a very passionate
0: stance. So I want to know.
1: I don't think he lacks the experience, which is fine when you hire a coach, if you think he has the potential, but I was watching his press conference and stuff like that. And he just seems very unsure And between that and then knowing you have a quarterback personality like Aaron Rodgers, I feel like you need a coach who's going to not necessarily get in Aaron Rodgers' face, but but be able to stand his ground at the same time. And I just feel like this guy is going to fold like a chair when Aaron Rodgers starts giving it to him. I I feel like he's going to fold like a chair. I think he's going to allow Aaron Rodgers to do his own thing, which might help in certain situations, but I think he'll lose control of the team easily. I think it will be one of those things where it's it's just not going to end well. And then if some, when, when it's not working well, Aaron Rodgers will be like, well, you hired this no-name guy, can't stand his ground, you know, so on and so forth. I just – I'm very wary of the whole situation. Yeah, listen, I –
0: I would rather Bruce Arians or Adam Gase, uh, you know. I mean, obviously we didn't go that way. Bruce Arians said he would not want to head coach the Green Bay Packers, which kind of tells you something maybe about the organization right now. Maybe. But, um, but yeah, I could see that. I'm with you.
1: Um, not to mention that you said the Browns, and uh, as a staff, they're were probably they probably my second favorite so far. Um, but they got Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator as well. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good staff there. And I, I do like it for the fact that, like you said, everything improved once uh, – kitchens took over as offensive coordinator now he's the head coach it might not be the splashiest move um and it, i mean maybe it doesn't have like the highest potential move but it, it's obviously someone baker likes and respects he played better he's gonna get more time with him they brought in monk in as the offensive coordinator which who he, he has potential and so it could be a very underrated signing um i'm looking forward to seeing how that goes but my favorite coaching move and my favorite staff one in the same? It's the Bucks. Bruce Arian going to the Bucks, I think, is a huge move, and a lot of people have it is they. I feel like Arians is an underrated coach. Underrated? Um, How is he? Who underrates him? You you'd be surprised. He did He wasn't. He was only head coach for a couple of years, and people are like, oh, you know, yeah, Bruce Arians came out, but he, it wasn't a splashy signing. I think, unless you actually follow the NFL. When you talk about casual fans and stuff like that, I don't think they think much of Arians in general. They think he's just another named coach. Um, Interesting. uh, But between that hiring, and it might be a little biased, but I think there's a lot of potential here as well because they have... Todd Bowles is their defensive coordinator. Correct. And they 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 signed Byron Lefwich as the offensive coordinator. I barfed. Now Byron Leftwich, not only was he a great player, but he was the quarterback coach in Arizona when Arians was there. This year he was still on the staff. They fired their offensive coordinator, let Byron Lefwich to take over, and while Byron Leftwich was the offensive coordinator, okay, the offense didn't improve. um And then obviously Arians to see the potential in him so he brought him in as the offensive coordinator and i personally like the move um i honestly will sit here and if you want a really hot take um we'll say that if they can figure out the quarterback situation whether with Jameis or not and he can get Jameis to play better or they find someone else who could you know be the starting quarterback i think they challenge for the playoffs next year
0: i think if all that goes well and they're in a really perfect situation they may finish third in their division
1: so obviously it's n- not nearly as uh positive when it comes to you but uh no no,
0: no. they got a good chance at third in the division i'm feeling it this year i'm uh, feeling fuck it. you i'm just i'm just big on them I also, they're I in get- the toughest division in football and they stand no chance in one year that's all i'm saying
1: i think, Zero they, can, hope. I think they can fight for a wild card next year if they can figure out the quarterback business.
0: i don't think they can i think my stretch prediction right now for the bucks my stretch prediction is third in the division i got that (laughs) i I anticipate fourth again but i can see them playing
1: better than the falcons better than the panthers you're out of your mind speaking of which i I forgot to put it down here but what do you think about the fact that they're uh, the panthers are considering let letting cam newton sit out the entire next season if it helps his injury problems i think it's. i don't buy it i don't buy it even if it is the right thing or not I don't no, it's buy insane. it. I don't it's... think they would let him do that. Cam Newton
0: fucking blows. So, I mean, whatever if you do or you don't.
1: I mean, again... Blows
0: in the aspect of hey, I really need to win this football game. Go get him, Cam. I'm sorry, I'm
1: not. I'm not trying to. And Cam's inter- like,
0: yo, let me rub my quads, and it, I'll I'm fucking not trying think to about.
1: Interrupt it Interrupt you, but the way you mm-hmm, said drink some that, Campbell soup. You said blows in the aspect, <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, like I was yeah, like, whoa, he's like
0: fucking pup, dude. I fucking hate Cam Newton. I only hate Cam Newton because like you have my favorite off one of my favorite offensive players and one of my favorite defensive players on that team in uh, in. McVeigh, McVeigh, holy yeah. fuck. We know I've that got, you're a McVeigh fanboy, uh, but... I've got, I've got Sean McVeigh on the hand, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, Luke Keekly, right? So you've got one of my favorite offensive players and one of my favorite defensive players on that team, and I just feel like Cam Newton is just fucking cancer. And, like, you've got to,
1: like, chemo and get that fucking dude out of there. Well, now that we've upset enough people here... Sorry, um, I'm just saying. Rachel, you ready? Drew, you ready? We're going to pick the two games. See how it goes? Yes. Oh. Uh, all right. So I'm, oh. I'm not going to go in the order of the timing of these games we played I'm going to be ordered by what I think will be the better game. So first game uh, is the first rematch Patriots at Chiefs, okay um, the chiefs are are sorry the Patriots are being given three points. sure okay the over under is at 55 and a half points. And in the the initial match, the Pats won 43-40, which we talked about before. Um, Sony Michelle 24 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns in that game. And then Mahomes and Brady both went off in that last game. Mahomes had 352 yards, four touchdowns, two picks, and Brady had 340 yards and a touchdown. So it's one hell of a quarterback matchup. Michelle had a good game last time. Game was separated by a field goal. What about you? What's your score? Who do you think wins And over or under? Over? Over 55.5 points. Oh, yeah. Really? I think the Patriots score
0: 55.5 points. <laughs> Shut just the fuck kidding. up. I hate I'm you. I'm No, listen. I think Patriots win that game for sure, hands down. No, really? No question. Not really? even fucking entertaining Andy Reid doing anything. So
1: you're taking the betting line, the <clears> Patriots, and the
0: over? 100%. The over. Let me get a score really quick. Just spitballing. No math. I'll I'll figure out touchdowns and field goals. Maybe I need a couple safeties in there. Um, So let's see. I'm going Patriots 38.
1: Wow. I don't think it'll be that high, but continue. To, boy, 38
0: to 27, 28, 28. I'm going 38, 28 Patriots.
1: Interesting. Any storylines you're looking forward to in that game? Before we move on,
0: I'm looking forward to uh, Patrick Mahomes making some terrible decisions with the football. I'm looking forward to Patrick Mahomes throwing two interceptions. You're I'm nuts. looking, for, I'm looking forward to Tom Brady throwing for three touchdowns, rushing for one. Tom Brady rushing for one, and uh, I think Sonny Michelle is going to add to that. So,
1: how was your sex last night with Tom? Tom? Oh, he's called Tom Terrific for a reason. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Um, Rachel. Alright. Patriots or the Chiefs? Who's winning?
0: Um,
1: Chiefs. Do you think in total the points will be over or under 55 and a half points? Oh, God.
0: Um, under.
1: Under? And do you want to venture what the score will be? Your boyfriend says 38-28. Patriots. You're taking the Chiefs. What's the score? I have no clue. <laughs>
0: She's going. I'm, so I'm giving pressure. I'm giving a score for her really quick. I'm giving a score for her. Are you ready? 28-17 Kansas City.
1: Interesting. Okay. That's her score. Um, as for me. Uh, this. As for me, saving the best for last. This, Here we go. This did not go the way I thought it would. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs. I can't wait to win this week. I think it'll be under, and I didn't realize I did this, by half a point. I have them scoring 55 points. All right. I think the Chiefs win 28-27 in a one-point game. I think it'll be a lower scoring. It won't be as high because they've played each other. They know what to expect. The Patriots are showing an offensive you know, rebirth that they haven't up until this past week. Okay. But it won't be enough. I think you're crazy to think Mahomes is going to have two picks and that Brady's going to have four total touchdowns. Mahomes yeah. um, is my homie. Right. She said it best. She said it first. Um, but Chiefs won 28, 27. Don't uh, take the under and they don't cover the spread. This game, which I also don't think we're going to agree, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause I was wrong with the wait, first wait, wait, one. What are they winning? They're winning what? 28, 27. Okay. So then they would cover the spread. No, because the Patriots are being being given three points. Correct. So the so they would cover the spread. Patriots win the game on the spread on paper with the spread. Oh, I guess I'm not a betting person. I I don't i that's ch- tough I get it. Shut just up. It's me. not math. Fuck you. Um,
0: <laughs> plus three points to this team. I'm just getting going.
1: Go go. Um, stop playing footsie with me. Um, it's fun. second game, Rams at Saints. The Rams are being given three and a half points. The over under is set at 57.
0: Woo! Another biggie. Another biggie. Another biggie. Um <clears throat> I'm what do taking you got? the I'm taking the Rams for sure. Okay. Unequivocally. Um I'm saying this because I want a Sean McVay Bill Belichick Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, cuz um,
0: he <laughs> Continue. But at any rate, so um, I, I'm taking I'm taking the Rams to win this game. Although, frankly, I'm gonna be honest with you, I really do want Drew Brees to win the Super Bowl. I want him another ring. I think it makes sense. But at any rate, there, that's not gonna happen. So, uh, Rams. Uh, do you want to take the? Oh man, that's a big score. 57
1: uh, points. Uh, three that's the over under. That's
0: huge. That is so huge. Um, I am going to take. That's what I was saying last night to Tom.
1: I was going to say something, but I wasn't Um, trying to fuck with you. So (laughs) uh, uh,
0: I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go 28-17. No. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. Nope. The Rams have to score over 30. they got to keep that streak alive. Um, 31. 31-17 L.A.
1: Okay, um, I mean, the last time they played, Saints won, uh, they won 45-35, Breeze went off for 346 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, Goff had 391 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, and Michael Thomas in that game had 12 catches, 211 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs>
0: sick. Makes me so sick. So,
1: Rachel, Rams or Saints?
0: What did you pick?
1: Oh, you just can pick the other one? <laughs> no.
0: I, I picked the Rams. Oh, yeah, Rams.
1: All right, so you're taking the Rams over or under 57 total points. The safe bet is probably over. I went under just because I'm a dick. Over. Over? And I won't ask you for a score because yeah. I went... Yeah. So, okay. It's complicated. Um, listen, I picked this matchup before the season started. I picked the Rams at the Saints. I had the Rams... Beating the Saints, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. Okay. <gasps> I'm so pumped right now. The Rams are pumping on all cylinders. Okay. If they can keep this up, they have the offense going on both rushing. Jared Goff, yeah, like I said in the last match off, went give up. It to me, yeah. The defense is playing better. Mm-hmm. And Tell your boy, me. Boy, Sean McVay oh, is the coach. Oh. All right. So, with that being said, the Rams versus the Saints. Rams 28, Saints 31. The Saints oh. are going to win the game. Okay, I have them just going over with 59 points. um, And then the Rams covering the spread. I guess I'm saying that right, since they're beginning three and a half. Yes. Um, So the Rams covering the spread, but the Saints winning the game 31-28 in a slightly lower scoring game. Uh, Listen, like I said, I I had the Rams going all the way, and I still think they could. I still think it wouldn't surprise me if they won this game at all. That game, I'm I'm kind of coin tossing on, and I'm rooting for both teams. I'm rooting for the Saints. Um, Just between coaches, players, I want to see Drew Brees. I like Michael Thomas more than any of the offensive players on the Rams that are going to be playing. Um, I mean, I do like Aaron Donald on on the Rams. I would like to see him. But... That all being said, I, and I'll I'll link it to this. I don't really care, which is weird for me because normally I like this, but I'm getting kind of sick of all the trash talk from the Rams. Um, and I don't know if it's gonna help them or hurt them in this game. And I'll, you can give me your take on it then. But I think it it could, it's a toss up game. It'll be close. And I I just had the Saints winning, even though they weren't my preseason pick, thirty one twenty eight.
0: I like it. I don't – what's funny about the Rams-Saints game to me is because, again, like I said before, I want Drew Brees to win another ring. I'm with you there 100%. Uh, Sean Payton, love him. You know what I mean? Uh, Michael Thomas, obviously. The other thing that I – the only other reason why I don't, in my heart of hearts, don't, like, want the Rams to win technically, even though I really do think they're going to. I think they're the better team coming into this game. Um the only reason why I don't want them to win necessarily is because I don't want the NFL to get to a place where they feel like they can pay for talent, Agreed. hire Agreed. mercenaries, I like that. and win a championship. We have saw too much of it with Denver when Denver did it with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing it again with LA and them coming into it. And I don't. I just don't want the NFL to turn into the NBA where like you think you can buy one-year, two-year mercenary talent to come in and grab it, right, and grab a title. Um, so that's the only other reason why I don't, really want the rams to go all the way i think they're going to um but yeah that's the only reason why i'm not i'm not i don't know i Do wouldn't you, be i don't care either way though truthfully like, i'm right i'm
1: rooting for both yeah and i mean don't me wrong. i wouldn't care if, if the rams win <clears> i just kind of slightly want the saints to win more and i can feel that I, and plus you think about young coach sean mcveigh young quarterback Jared goff old coach sean payton old coach drew Brees, um and they're gonna be playing in the superdome so, I think that that helps them, and I think the experience the Saints have also helps them, which is why I gave them the advantage. Sure. Um, quick, before we go, do you think the trash talk the Rams are doing helps or hurts the Rams, especially since a lot of it's coming from Marcus Peters, who, before I would have made the case, is a top-two corner for me, but like I always say, there's a thin line between cockiness and confidence, and confidence is talking shit, and being able to back it up, which in the past he could do, and... Now that he's not doing it, his level of play on the field is not matching up to what he's running his mouth. Yeah, he reminds and, me of
0: uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey.
1: And it's just, I I'm he's slowly sinking down for me. I want to know: Do you think it helps or hurts him or the team? I I think or it, not, it doesn't do anything.
0: I do think it has an impact for sure. I think it hurts the team because I feel like overall as a team, I don't feel like that's the mentality they have. I feel like he is the very, he's the short stick in the room. You know what I mean when it comes to that? And I don't feel like Sean McVay wants anyone to have that mentality. Like He wants him, I'm sure, to be pumped up. He wants him to be confident and optimistic. But I don't think Sean McVay ever wants a, t- a player in a position where they feel like they have the upper hand, where they feel like they're going to win the game. Yeah. Right? He wants people knowing that like, You know, he spends he spends you know two of his uh, his meetings coming to these games talking about how difficult the opponent is to just. To drill down and drill down on these players to make them understand, like, we need every single ounce of every fume that every single one of you are going to have coming into this game because of how relentless they are. Show them the best plays where defenses just get slaughtered, and you know what I mean? And so they want to make them feel a type of animosity towards the team, like, shit, I'm better than that defender. I'm going to freaking stop that play, you know, and give them that, like, confidence. Um, But at the same time, I just don't like what Marcus Peters is doing He's been talking shit uh, the, the whole time, right? There's to Sean Payton and blah 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 blah, and like it's just it's just completely ridiculous because he's taking it out of context.
1: All right. So
0: with that being said, we
1: hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed this episode. You can see us next week when we recap how this weekend went and look forward to the Super Bowl matchup. We'll have two weeks to talk about. Um, any closing? Any closing comments? <gasps> no. Rachel, no? no? You don't even have a tweet for us to close out on? No. All right, so with that being said, shout out to Paige, Autumn, Addison, and Ashlyn. Remember, there's always room on the couch for all you couchies out there. Have a good night. Tune in
0: next time and score some points with the Couch Coaches.